to have you back. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. Uh, real quick, following up, for those that uh, were with us in the last hour, uh, we were talking a little bit about Reggie White, and there's a 30 for 30 that's going to come out involving Reggie White and his life, both on and off the football field. And I had mentioned the church, and there were some questions about people don't remember that. Uh, the church was called the Inner City Church. It was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I just I had found the the some of the articles on it, but also it was on um, a version of Unsolved Mysteries, and it was originally known as the Matthews Merklin Presbyterian Church, uh, and it was reopened. It was shut down, and then it was reopened by Reggie White, who is an ordained minister back in 1993. He then renamed it the Inner City Church. And it was a gathering place for both blacks and whites in the community. And on January 8th, 1996, uh, somebody set it on fire. Kerosene, gunpowder, gunpowder, and several Molotov cocktails uh, were thrown through the window, and it was destroyed. And what happened was, uh, now there was a, a bunch of church fires in the South at that point in time. Um, it, many believed it was racially motivated uh, by many. So anyway, long story short, there was a lot of money that people felt bad that, you know, Reggie White had spent a million dollars of his own money to open this church, to get it back up and running. He was the minister of this church, and he really wanted to do some good things in Knoxville, Tennessee. And what had happened was that people donated the money, and the church was never rebuilt. And that's when people said, where did the money go? Which I don't know if there was ever a specific answer for that, to be honest with you. I don't know what exactly happened, but... Uh, and I, I don't claim to, but the, more of the focus of the stories are about the church and the burning down of the church. And over, I think they had like a hundred suspects that were interviewed originally for all of this. Um, so anyway, it, it, I just wanted to kind of clarify, you know, that, uh, you know, kind of to, to, to bring it back up. But the, the case aired uh, on March 29th, 1996 of an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And according to the National Church Action Task Force, 99 suspects were arrested in 150 church attacks between 95 and 97. However, no arrests were ever made in this particular case. And it's not known if any of the suspects were even investigated that were arrested. And then obviously Reggie White passed away in 2004. So he never did find out who actually set fire to his church. So there you go. That's it. There you go, Ben. A little bit of information. You got smarter today. Yeah. You know, got smarter today. Something you may not have known. But, uh, again, for those that are wondering, will this in some way, shape, or form be brought up in the 30 for 30 that uh, they just announced is, that it's going to air on Reggie White called the Minister of Defense? I don't know. I don't know if it does. I don't know if it does to what extent. So I, I couldn't honestly tell you. But there's the, the information. How are we looking? <laughs> Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. We would love to chat with you. We got uh, What Did We Miss coming up here at the end of the hour, so stay tuned for that. Uh, a lot more chatter over on the live stream, by the way, if uh, you want to join us. Um, Jason says, by the way, I'm the, of the opinion that we've yet to see LaFleur full his full repertoire of offense. I took hope it's a run-featured based 
offense. Um, I don't know. This year, I think coaching is going to come more into play than probably we've seen in a long time. Maybe since Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers first kind of got their feet wet in uh, in Green Bay together. Maybe maybe this will be the first time that we've seen this much coaching. Because remember, um, you know, Favre obviously had Holmgren, and maybe going all the way back to Mike Holmgren, you could probably say, but Holmgren had a tight rein on things. And then things deteriorated, and Holmgren left. And then in came Ray, Ray Rhodes, and that was a disaster. Even though it was an 8-8 eight and eight season, it was still a disaster. Um, and then Mike Sherman came in. And Mike Sherman had a handle on things for a while. And then he was given, he was given the general manager's uh, title after Ron Wolf retired. And he, it, it, the job was too much for one guy. And he kind of drafted for his job at the end before ultimately, um, you know, he was fired and then Ted Thompson took over and let Mike go after that. And then they hired Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Cause I remember the, the story, you know, that I asked Brett um, it was towards the end of a season and Brett had thrown uh, a pick and Sherman was going crazy and Brett ran over to the sideline, and Sherman had some words for him as he ran by, and Brett just turned around and, like, said something to him and then kept walking like it was no big deal. And I'd ask Brett, I said, what did you say to Mike Sherman? And he said, well, Sherman said to me that I wasn't supposed to throw that ball. There was, let's put it in the Cliff Notes version here. It basically had some choice words for him. And Favre turned around and looked at him and said, what are you going to effing do about it? Like, you're not benching me, so who cares? Shut up. And that was the beginning of the end. And then McCarthy came in, and then Favre, the exodus of Brett Favre. And that's when we probably, the last time we saw really a lot of coaching and scheming take hold in Green Bay. And then after that, Rodgers just kind of knew it. And, and as Rodgers called it, um, you know, it was a simple offense, and it was it was easy for him. And, and you know, and then he already had his own – affair and ego and such going on when Matt LaFleur took over. And we all know that the end of Mike McCarthy wasn't necessarily uh, an amicable parting. Uh, There was a lot of things going on behind the scenes that led to the downfall of that team. And that day after the Arizona Cardinals game in which the Packers got their ass handed to them and the stadium started to empty out and there was a lot of empty seats. And, and finally they pulled the trigger on Mike McCarthy and then Matt LaFleur came in and Matt LaFleur never really, you know, coached a lot. He had a partnership with Aaron Rodgers. But remember when he came in, LaFleur spent a lot of time trying to be friends with Aaron Rodgers. It was all about getting the quarterback to like you and get on the same page with the quarterback. It wasn't about you getting the quarterback on the same page with you. And they, and then, you know, obviously the year after that, it was about the relationship stuff and, you know, and then the year after that, it's whether or not Rodgers wanted to come back. And, you know, they had to kiss his ass for a couple more years. And, you know, so this will be the first time really in a long time that we have seen coaching X's and O's come into this season so under pressure. 
and needed so prolifically. Because we haven't seen this in a while. You've always had a quarterback who could always just cover up the blemishes. And now you don't know. Now you don't know what this quarterback can do. So, uh, and yes, uh, to everybody that's on the live stream going, and Barry's third down defense. (laughs) You are correct. Uh, X-Ray Punk says, how long till Wisconsin Sports Talk Radio is less than 50% Rodgers? We've talked more Jordan Love and such today than anything. The only thing we mentioned was the fact that um, Randall Cobb went to New York. We really haven't gotten into, into the other stuff. So just stay right here, X-Ray Punk. Stay right here. Um, 877-867-1670. Yeah, uh, Jacob says there's no way this defense is going to be that good as long as Joe Barry is here. I am counting on the defense to be as bad as they were last year, even with new players. You, you can't, if that's the case, Joe Barry absolutely positively has to be fired. Positively. Because you can't have eight first-round draft choices on your defense and so, oh, 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 not even be in the top 15. You just can't do that. No way. No way. Can't do it. I might have eight. Go ahead. Ben. I might have to start devil's advocating for Joe Barry a bit here. If they're all hurt during the season, then it doesn't matter when they're drafted. Yes. If Eric Stokes doesn't come back, and if Rashawn Gary plays four games, and if if the depth suffers because a lot of the first-round picks are hurt, then there's different context to that. Well, okay. So if you look at where they're at, okay, let's just say – what do you if, – if Rashawn – I don't expect much out of Rashawn Gary this year. I'll be perfectly honest. Because I to come back and to play at that same level from a torn ACL, it's almost unheard of. So I, I will completely agree with you there. So you tell me where this defense should be. In the NFL, where do you think in terms of yeah, points, where, where, in in terms of points, when you, where, or even just statistically speaking, you know, because Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, both first round draft choices, you hope take that second step. Okay, Stokes, we all know, I agree with you. The last time Mike Clement saw him, he had pins and needles sticking out of his leg. Okay, um, you've got Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage Jr. Don't forget, was a first round draft choice, so he ex- he signed a contract restructure. You're hoping Rashawn Gary comes back and plays well, but I don't expect much out of him. So between him and Stokes, I understand. Darnell Savage, I expect big things. Jair, I expect big things. Kenny Clark, you just expect Kenny Clark to be Kenny Clark. He's a first round draft choice. So all of those guys, and then Luke Van Ness, all of those guys, you expect to be in some way, shape, or form contributors. And I'm not saying Van Ness is going to come in and light the world on fire. I just expect him to be better than serviceable, we'll say. So then you take into account what you have. You've got Devondre Campbell, who's been successful. You've got Preston Smith, who's been successful. You've got others in the secondary who have had success. Uh, But if this defense ends up being, I don't know, middle of the pack, I I would be disappointed. I would be really disappointed. I think that's realistic for it, though. Like we, I, I think we, we clearly overestimated what they had last year. And there were real regressions from Campbell 
from Rasul Douglas, from some of the yes. guys that had great 2021s. And uh-huh. then off of last year's defense, which, by the way, was fourth worst in the NFL against the rush. Like, the front was terrible. Terrible. And, and that isn't really talked about enough. That's why I like the Van Ness pick long-term. But he's 21 years old coming in, and he's developing. So, so yeah, I expect some from him. But it's maybe his second year where I would expect him to really blossom. I, the front lost some of the depth there. They're not nearly deep enough. And, like, you look at the secondary, they're, they're relying well, on a free agent, undrafted safety who really hasn't done anything, and Tavarius Moore, and Savage, mm-hmm. who had a bad year last year, and Keyshawn Nixon, who's a punt returner. It's like, uh, okay, I, I get it. We need the defense to uh, – we need Joe Barry to prove something this year. Yes. I just – Yes. I don't want to go into the year again overestimating what this defense actually has. You have – I look at it as when you talk about the guys up front, Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, Kenny Clark, you got a fourth-round draft choice in Colby Wooden, who many people really are high on. You've got last year's seventh-round draft choice in Jonathan Ford. Uh, Carl Brooks, you also dedicated to that spot. So you've got draft choices. But they're all rookies. For beef. That's what I'm saying. Well, there's no, like, yeah, well, classic two out of, vet two out of the six are. Two out of the six are. And then you got two of the other guys that are second-year players. So I agree with that. But th- there's nobody that's a huge run stuffer. I understand that. And you've got uh, a guy that played admirably in Kingsley Angabare, who's going to be back. you got Luke Van Ash. You've got Preston Smith. And you a- anticipate at some point Rashawn Gary being out there. So I agree with you that it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, a beast mentality when it comes to the outside pass rush. But you've got to expect more out of Preston Smith. You've got to expect more out of Andre Campbell. You've got to expect more out of Quay Walker. You've got to get some more out of the depth, uh, we'll say, from a guy like, say, Isaiah McDuffie, who I don't have a ton of, you know, uh, anticipation for. But you've got to get some space out of them. But I, I think it's a better defense. From what we saw, when they were I, – I think last year there were some guys that were just mismanaged. You saw I agree what, with that. What, what Darnell Savage was better at when he was playing slot and he was playing against man pressure and such up front and going after guys as opposed to trying to be a deciphering center fielder at times for Adrian Amos. He, he, that wasn't his gig. So I, to me, as much as we can talk about, well, you've got some guys that are hurt. You've got guys that are drafted first round, but may, they may not be – up to par yet. I understand all of that. You also had some glaring issues when it came to the use of some of the personnel that Joe Barry had. And as Goody put it, he's like, look, we got talent. I mean, he was emphatic about it. And now you're not going to get a general manager to stand up there and go, you know, you know what? I screwed up between me, you and the fence post. We don't have much over on that side of the football and I got to do better. He didn't say that. He's never going to say that. But he did come out and emphatically say we do have talent over there. It is better than what was portrayed on the field. And we didn't get pass rush. We didn't get support. They didn't do I, – I look – that team, there were times last year where we were screaming at this team, why are you playing 12 yards back on a third and six? Hey, couldn't fathom it. And why are you not making adjustments on Justin Jefferson? Why are you not playing press man? You'd rather live and die by the talents of your best player than just sit back and wait for the action to come to you. To me, it's a, it was as much last year about Joe Barry as it was about the talent on the field. This year, you are incumbent upon Joe, Perry, Joe Barry to be better. And if it's a mid, mid-level defense, barring mass injury, if it's a mid-level level defense again, 
trying to support a first-year quarterback, then I would say that Joe Barry would lose his job at the end of the season. That's just my thought. I think he um, would. I think maybe when we get a clearer picture of health from some of the guys, I, I think mid-level might be the expectation in my mind for what they – like, if they play to a mid-level defense, I don't see that as a, a huge letdown. And maybe I, I'm just not as bullish on some of the guys they have right now, to be honest. Right. With with health. Like, what I want to see from the defense, I want to see the young guys that are going to be part of it for a while, including Walker and Wyatt. I, I want to see flashes from them. I want to see them improve. But at the end of the day, Preston Smith is only going to be on the team likely for one more season. Like, Devondre Campbell's probably going to be gone, too. And these guys are, like, they're 30 years old. So... Right. It's not as if they're suddenly getting that much better. Uh, let's do this. We'll break. We'll come back. More of the discussion. Hang in there. We've got a lot going on as we uh, start to power towards the uh, final segment of the show, which is what did we miss? But stay tuned. we got a lot more. Ben Kenny alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. we got more right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. out that direction um coming up uh, this weekend not going to be all the way up in lacrosse so i did have a couple of people ask if i was going to swing in i just don't think i'm going to be able to get there and we're pretty packed schedule wise in Viroqua. however i will be out there in the month of june that's damn sure i'm going to be out the buzzer billy's the starlight lounge and we got a, a cigar dinner coming up out there as well but thanks to buzzer billy's thanks to the starlight lounge uh right there on pearl street and lacrosse tremendous food at buzzer billy's uh, love the food there um they they do a cajun shrimp that is out of this world out of this world and with a pasta oh so good uh but then there's a starlight lounge which is awesome within itself a great place for martinis and cocktails and like i said it's just it's like the 50s 50 style cocktail lounge just really really cool located on the second floor of that building the historic building the 1860s brick hotel building out there on the cross that's buzzer billy's and uh, the starlight lounge in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Thanks to them for being a part of the program. Um, 877-867-1670. This is, uh, who is this? This is Daniel. Daniel says, uh, hey, guys, I believe Joe Barry should have been fired last year. Why are they hanging on to this guy? Well, Matt LaFleur wanted consistency. That's it. He just wanted consistency. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, let's go to Paul, listening to us in Madison. Paul, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, great. Thanks for taking my call. Really appreciate your show. Um, I just wanted to make a couple comments about the Packers. I was wondering what you guys thought of the possibility with um, Dar- Darnell Savage uh, restructure. And then uh, I think the next, uh, the next year with Jordan Love's contract opens up some cap space is there a chance that they could bring in buddha baker for the safety position because he wants Uh, out of uh, arizona in a new contract so maybe that could be a back-end loaded contract 
Yeah, the uh, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for the kind words. When it comes to, first of all, Darnell Savage's restructure, um, it, it again, kicks the can a little bit down the road as far as the money goes uh, because they are still going to be paying off some of these salaries um, over the next couple of years. Uh, there's not going to – now, it depends on what you specifically look at. I know when we had on yesterday um, – oh, God, uh, Ben, he, his name escapes me. From the packet Andy podcast. Herman. Andy Herman, thank you very much. I, I apologize to Andy. Uh, we had Andy Herman on. I asked him the same question because if you look at uh, you know websites like Sport Track, if you look at some of the other uh, Sport Track and uh, Over the Cap, then it would say that um, the Packers will have a lot of money. And if you take David Bakhtiari's salary out of the mix, then they will have even more money on top of that. Uh, then again, if you talk about some of the guys that need to be restructured, the contracts that need to be renewed, they may not have that much money. Uh, I know that Ken Ingles was talking about some of the things they need to do, and that he said they could possibly even be as far as $16 million over the cap going into next year. So I don't know specifically where the numbers are going to fall. But when you talk about a guy like Buda Baker, um, man, how much money would he dictate? Now, first of all, you got it's assuming he has another good season. But how much money would he dictate? And could you fortify that secondary? You could if you absolutely positively had to. And you may have to, especially if, you know, what you have this year falters because you, you've got, um, let's see here, uh, when you talk about the free safety with Tavarius Moore, you still have Darnell Savage, so you're going to have him around for the next couple of years. But then your backups are Rudy Ford, Tariq Carpenter, Dylan Levitt. Uh, they drafted Anthony Johnson Jr. this year. And so they've got some depth there and guys to look at. It's going to be interesting to see who they end up keeping. Who knows, maybe one of those fortify that position. I, I don't know. You kind of hope they do. But that's a lot of money to go into the safety realm for and in the, the secondary when you're already paying Jair Alexander to be the highest-paid corner in all of football. If you're going to go into a high-paid area, unless it becomes such an incredibly glaring weakness, if you're going to go into a high-paid area, it's probably going to be more so two things. One, pass rush, or two, a, a weapon. And don't forget, if you lose David Bakhtiari, you may have to go into the tackle realm. You may have to find yourself, uh, I don't want to say an on the cheap, but you may have to find yourself uh, an offensive tackle if you can't find one in the draft. And very rarely do you hand over the left tackle position to somebody that you just drafted. You know, so you might have to find yourself a legit offensive tackle, either right or left. Because if David Bakhtiari leaves, well, you kind of figure Yash Nyman might be able to move back over to the left left tackle side and be serviceable there. But you're still going to need to find yourself another tackle. 877-867-1670, uh, Let's go to Ed, listening to us in Madison. Ed, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm well. You know, I liked your take earlier about an hour ago. You were talking about everybody's kind of putting the cart before the horse with Jordan Love. You know, yeah. it's fresh. It's new. It's going to be exciting. It can suck. Who cares? I'd rather start a new, fresh beginning on some level. I mean, we as Packer fans are always open-armed when someone new comes into the fray. Jordan's been there for how many years? Four? Three years going on his fourth, yeah. or Yeah, three yeah. years going on so, his fourth, yeah. Yeah. So his learning curve is going to be a systematic curve, in my view. He's part of a system that I think can be a win-win because Aaron sometimes bucked the system, I, from what I gathered. He 
hell, I grab a quarterback that knows certain um, aspects of the lineup, you know, how people are coverages and everything, you know, and he mm-hmm. can do a week or a nod, whatever. But I just think LaFleur, this is going to be something that's going to really, it's going to tell us a lot about LaFleur this year. Right. And it's going to tell us, is he a coach or is he a game manager? And I think he's going to hopefully prove that he's a real coach and that he can take the team to the next level. Um, Man, I, I, I hope you're right. And don't forget, he doesn't have the pressure this year of saying everything right and protecting the feelings of the quarterback and the relationship there. So as a head coach, he's just he's just a coach now. He doesn't have to be the, the ego massager anymore. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, I have one more thought, and, and I'm, kinda, I'm a little begrudgingly – I don't want to labor the, the whole Aaron Rodgers, what he's doing and how he's doing – I kind of want to move on with life because I want to be more focused on life in general, but Jordan Love, you know, give him his due diligence. But am I hearing wrong, or maybe you're not, maybe you've heard that Aaron is kind of walking, bringing out the welcome wagon for his teammates that are coming to New York, and he's being a little more, what you want to say, he's going the extra steps to be a, yeah. a team player. Yep. He's doing a lot of the same things he did in Green Bay when he first took over as the quarterback here after Brett Favre when, you know, I appreciate the phone call, when he wanted to get guys together and dinners and do things away from the field and team-building stuff and get on the same page. This was all the stuff that he did early on in his career and hadn't really done since. Now he's doing it again in New York. And, yeah, he's uh, he's the toast of New York right now. You know, wait till. You know, wait till he throws to a, a, a double-covered Randall Cobb and leaves one of his other wide receivers wide open, and you know, and it ends up costing him a game. Then they'll ask him about it. He won't like to be questioned about it. He'll go through the dissertation as to why he did what he did, and then maybe they'll see some of the same things that we've seen here over the last few years. I'm not knocking Rodgers. I'm just simply saying that there were things that were not perfect. But right now, in that New York Jets world, with not a game that's been played, everything is perfect. Everything he does is great. You know, like Ben said earlier, I mean, the media was asked to applaud for him when he was introduced to the media the first time, and they did. Right now, he is looked at upon as the savior of gangrene, that he is going to, you know, how ironic would it be, and this was asked to me a little bit earlier, how ironic would it be if... Say Mac Jones takes a step forward and Tua comes back and plays at the level he was playing before he was concussed last year. And Josh Allen and the the Bills are still the cream of the crop. Could the Jets falter to the point that they end up becoming the last place team in that division? And therefore, maybe they're battling towards top 10, top 12, top 5 pick in the NFL draft and Rodgers plays an entire season? And... (laughs) The Packers get that pick. So, you know, I, I we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, but, yeah, as of right now, you are 100% correct. He's doing and saying all the right things, man, all the right things. Hey, speaking of all the right things, good food. Chef Jerry Garcia is cranking it out. The deck is open. Smoke on the water on Okachi Lake out uh, on Wisconsin Avenue in the Okachi area. Stop in. And just sit outside, soak up some of the sun this coming weekend. It's going to be nice. Just soak up some of the sun. going to be good to go. And I know it's in the 70s next week. Get out there. Or if you're looking for a good, old-fashioned, 
true Wisconsin bar, pub, restaurant, whatever. It's on Hubertus, in Hubertus, which is just east of Holy Hill. That's Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon. Both places owned by Joe Hennis, his wife Ellen. They're great people. Stop into either. You cannot go wrong. But whether you want the new one, smoke on the water, that overlooks Okachi Lake and really cool, or the good old-fashioned, like an old-fashioned, would we'll be sitting on the bar for you when you walk through the door at Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon. You cannot go wrong. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. are going to be fired up. Umbrellas are going to go up. Furniture is going to be used. Ah, the outdoor living. We get so little of it, but we want to make it last. And when you talk about last, you want to get your money's worth. That's our friends at Master Z's. That's the reason people come from all over because of the quality of the outside furniture that they have, whether it's pool tables, shuffle boards, dart boards for the inside, or the patio tables, the fire pits, gas fire pits, wood fire pits, grills and accessories, umbrellas, whatever it happens to be, they have that for the outside. So much over at Master Z's, but you got to call them on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield, 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931. Again, 262-746-5931. That's Master Z's in Brookfield. So uh, coming up tonight, by the way, I wanted to make a mention of this. Uh, you've got uh, Brewers baseball back at it. And uh, the Brewers uh, looking to avoid, for the first time this season, by the way, back-to-back road losses. They are one of only four teams, I think, that do not have back-to-back road losses. Eric Lauer on the hill tonight, 3-2 and two with a 519 ERA against Kyle Freeland, 2-3 and three with a 432 ERA. It's a matchup of uh, lefties coming up tonight. So um, I'm looking forward to, to that particular contest, obviously, and watching some Brewers baseball. This evening, um, we were talking about the offense a little bit earlier, though. But you think about this, Rowdy Telez, when you um, look at over the last 16 games, 16 games, he's batting 327, six homers, 16 RBIs. He's on a five-game hit streak right now uh, in which he's batting 368 in that five-game hit streak. So, I mean... Rowdy Telez is pulling the weight, pardon the pun, because he's got some weight to pull. But, you know, some things aren't all bad, I guess. Wilson Contreras reached base safely in 22 of his 23 games this season so far, including each of his last 11 games. You got some things going well. But uh, like I mentioned, the Brewers, the Braves, the Padres, the only teams in Major League Baseball without consecutive road losses. So the Brewers hoping to keep that streak alive as they uh, can possibly get a win tonight with Eric Lauer on the hill. And uh, that is uh, this evening out of Coors Field, by the way. 7.40 first pitch uh, Central Time. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, feel free. Give us a shout. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is uh, – who's this from? This is Chris. Chris says, uh, hey, guys. Uh, the analogy I gave earlier about putting the cart before the horse, oh, this goes back to what Ed said, uh, where we had said, look, there's just so many, I guess, anticipatory remarks about Jordan Love 
and the Packers and the offense and what he's going to do and what they're going to be. And um, this year, uh, you know, go all the way back to when Aaron Rodgers took over. This year is one of those fold your arms and say, okay, let's see it happen, um, I, which, which sucks because the business that we do, you want to be able to say statistically, prognostication, you know, uh, talent evaluation, here's what it's going to be. But I, you can't do that anymore. I mean, it, you know, because I was already asked, uh, I've always said, uh, you know, uh, with Aaron Rodgers for the last 15 years, it was 11 wins plus or minus one. That was it. That's what you guessed. You know, 12, possibly 13 wins back when they played only 16 games, you know, or maybe 10 or 11. But, you know, that's probably pretty much where you ended up for the most part. Now, I couldn't tell you. Seven wins? Eight, maybe, is where I'm at. And I hope to see more. I, But if I'm going to – I don't – I have not seen Vegas put an over and under on wins this coming year for the Packers. Have you been? Because some say the Packers could still be a playoff team. I've seen seven and a half floated. Seven and a half? Okay. That, that's probably fair. That's about where I would be. Pre-draft. That's from early April. Yeah. Seven, eight wins. That's probably where I'm at. That's not a bad way to go. I can live with that. But but that's, I, I really don't have more beyond that. Because it's just such an unknown right now. What were you going to say, Ben? Nah, I, a lot of it is obviously how the team is and how good love is. I, part of that is also the fact that the division is just better. Like there's no more yeah. walking over the Lions. Who knows about the Bears, but they seem to be on the right track generally. And the Vikings are weird, but they're, I mean, Rodgers would walk over all those teams, but they're right. The quality of those teams specifically is going up. Um, David says, uh, how many wins do the Packers have versus how many wins do the Jets have? I'm going to pick the Jets for an 11 win season. Well, if the Jets start Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis, I think that goes down. <laughs> I don't think they're bringing Mercedes Lewis in, are they? I don't think so, no. I don't think they're bringing him back. I don't think he's coming back. Um, I had read that this morning that uh, Mercedes Lewis is not in the picture. But uh, I'm probably going to stay. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm looking at 11 wins. And that may piss Jets fans off because they may say, well, we're expecting more than that. But I've, I, with Rodgers, I always start at 11. Maybe end up with a win or two more. Has Rodgers not just constructed, like, the same skill group the Packers had three years ago, but they're older and not as good? And there's Garrett Wilson instead of Olave. I mean, not yeah. Olave, Devontae. Devontae. Um, pretty much. You know, they're going to have uh, the, quote, chemistry issue. They're going to have Cobby coaching them up. They're going to have Randall Cobb making some big plays, you know, picking up first downs, keeping drives alive. They're going to they're gonna like him and his effort and his ethic in New York, and then he's going to get hurt. It's going to be an ankle or a hamstring injury, and he's going to be down for anywhere from three to five games. Um, Rodgers will talk about taking a while to get on the same page. Yeah, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, I guess. I think it's good but for I the would, Packers' I would, picks, I would, though. I would say, oh, yeah. I would, but I would say 11, 11, 11 games. About 11 games. That's kind of where I'm at. 
877-867-1670. Hit us up. We got one more segment yet to go. The Bill Michael Show continues with What We Missed coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. segment of the program before we get out of here the bill michael show continues on and uh enjoying the day so now it's time for what did we miss so the reggie white piece was was a part of this and i'm glad we touched on it previously bill because there was there's a lot that's gone on and i i'm going to start these headlines go a lot of different directions the first from this morning jackson mahomes the younger brother of, of Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback, was arrested on Wednesday, uh, earlier today, on charges of aggravated sexual battery from the incident in February that I think we talked about. The video that surfaced of him mm-hmm, assaulting right. the uh, owner of a bar. So he was booked uh, with a $100,000 bond at 8.42 a.m. today. A $100,000 bond. Good for uh, good for them to get pick him up. Now, he's, you know... Patrick Mahomes, that's his brother and all, but that guy's been kind of a pain in the ass for a long time, hasn't he? I would say so, yes. Yes, he has. At least a pain in the public's ass for having to watch his TikToks. Correct. And uh, (laughs) in spite, I I guess we say, okay, does this team win because of or in spite of this? Like, Mahomes keeps winning Super Bowls. Maybe in spite of the the TikToks going on. So that happened. Uh, this I, I found both puzzling and not very surprising. Antonio Brown is back in the news. He bought an Arena League football team. Oh, jeez. In New York, Albany, New York. And since Antonio Brown bought the team, it has illegally used NFL footage for commercials, has not paid the players or coaches, locked players out of hotel rooms. Players have quit or been suspended, including last season's MVP. And uh, there's a lot of pushback now because people are coming out and saying uh, we are players and I am the coach of said team and Antonio Brown is not paying us. Right. Uh, duh. Anything that guy gets involved with, he's not going to pay the bills for. He just doesn't do it. He's an idiot. Has been the, at a press conference of some sort with a very elaborate animal skin coat on. <laughs> Does not appear interested in answering questions. He's an idiot. And I don't know if uh, his finger seems to be bandaged or splinted. Like when you break a finger, you have the splint that goes around it. It's either that or he's wearing four diamond rings. And I can't tell which one. Might be the four. I go with the diamond rings because that's where the money went. Right. (laughs) Right. That's where the money went. Or legal fees for the other eight things he's dealing with in court. Uh, And then finally... I think this will interest some people. Surprisingly, it does not really interest me. Capital One's The Match is coming back in late June. There is no Aaron Rodgers in this one. It will be Patrick Mahomes and and Travis Kelsey, Chiefs teammates, versus Mm -hmm. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. 
Oh. Is that going to draw anybody? Well, that's I I don't want to be the bucket of cold water. It it interests people. They had what? Rodgers and Allen and and Mahomes and one other player for the last one. I am thoroughly uninterested in these unless it includes professional golfers. Like, I don't need to see Patrick Mahomes and Steph Curry be uh, relatively like, yeah, they're amazing at golf. I stink. I don't need them. I don't need to turn on my television to watch them be mediocre golfers. That just doesn't do it for me. I'd rather watch Justin Thomas and and Spieth under the lights spin wedges from obscene Mm -hmm. yardages. Right. Like, that's what that's what does it for. Yeah. Tiger and Phil. I got to think that that version of the match will not go well um, when it comes to the ratings because Rodgers was such an enigma. Brady is always a draw. Well, they did that with pros. They did that with Bryson and Phil, which is, I think, why it worked. Yeah, it's – yeah, I I just – I don't see that – going over very well that's just my opinion but i don't by the way the picture of uh, antonio brown that he's got a bandaged finger it's probably from showing people that particular finger when it comes to say hey we're bill collectors <laughs> yeah that's he, it he also tweeted a picture last week when you were out of him in a ravens jersey and said baltimore uh exclamation point exclamation point and everyone right. thought that uh, he was announcing his return to the nfl no, it's probably just uh, in support of uh, Lamar Jackson for getting his money, and he's trying to say, "Hey, Lamar, uh, I need a loan because I don't pay my bills." Yeah, I and <laughs> and listen, I nobody's a bigger Arena League football fan than myself. The the Philadelphia Wings, I think they're called, have won it like five years in a row. They're really good. I didn't even know the Arena Arena League was still something. Oh, yeah. I mean, ever ever since Bon Jovi got out, is Mortensen, Chris Mortensen, still owning that team down there? Oh, I have no idea. I, it being something, I think, is a bit of a stretch. Yes. Oh, they might have just was, come it back. It was fun. The Arena League was fun for a while. And, I mean, everybody remembers, you know, what was it? Uh, the I can't remember the name of the team, but it was Kurt Warner. It, they were the ones that had the goggles on their helmets that uh, made it look like they were pilots or something like that. Uh, I can't remember what the hell they were. Iowa Barnstormers or something, whatever they were. But, uh, but you know, it, it, it was a thing for a while. And it just has slowly vanished into nothingness. Thank you. Um, and, and last, Iowa Barnstormers, thank you very much. Last but not least, but before we get out of here, your buddy Trevor Bauer uh, had his first start in Japan today. First start they, uh, since I, I, everything went I, down. I saw a whole thing on ESPN while I'm sitting here doing the show today of, I don't want to say, I don't know what the uh, news show is, but they basically talked about how fans in Japan have just basically overlooked the discrepancies that he has had and some of the altercations he's had uh, in his life. When you take all the headlines, they showed all the headlines again. Power, <laughs> Trevor Bauer pummels. Pummels buttocks. All right, all right. Pummels the buttocks, and then, you know, the girl asked to be choked and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so. <laughs> they don't care over there. Trevor, hey, you know what? He didn't get convicted of anything. It's disgraceful. It's kind of weird. It's what went on behind closed doors. But after you heard the text messages from the woman, you're kind of like, 
alright to each his own adult stuff I guess Trevor Bauer he's a, he's a good pitcher and a freak what else do you say I still can't get over why you would pummel the buttocks. I just don't get it. But it is what it is. All right. Until we're back at it again tomorrow, Ben Kenny's going to enjoy the 76ers game tonight. We're all going to enjoy Brewers baseball coming up tonight, hopefully. And uh, we'll all reconvene in 20 hours. Until then, time for us to go.